It's Cofield and Company. Company, 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 company. Who puts y'all in charge of snack distribution? With Steve Cofield. Then I seen him. I seen Steve. And Adam Hill. Adam Hill is usually so fair, so reasonable. That's uh, shocking <laughs> to hear something like that from Adam Hill. It's time for Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Friday, 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 football Friday. Lots of good conversations coming up. We're going to catch up with uh, a Steelers insider in just a little bit. Stanford Route, our Raiders insider, will join us in the 4 o'clock hour. Ari is back in our Finley Toyota Studios. Adam Hill is the company today. It's Steve Cofield. We've got some good reaction audio from John Gruden. We have some Raiders injury news to get into. I was... This is how fickle I am as a better. This is why I'm not a big winner. Uh, once I parked, because I don't read Twitter while I'm driving, um, I happened to notice a heads up that the Red Sox are starting Chris Sale today, who's back from COVID. Let's see if I can find the latest update. He, I believe, is minus 340 tonight. So we're in that portion of the season. Hey. They got to win. So I immediately got on the Sportsbook app, and I may go 0-5, but every team that has to win that was north of, like, 270, I'm like, I'll take the other side. Now, they may go 5-0 and tonight. But you've seen what's happened in the recent weeks. The Yankees have fallen apart. They're a big favorite tonight with Corey Kluber on the mound. Like I said, Sale off an extended delay because of COVID. He's a massive favorite. There are 270s and over 300s all over the place. It's that time of year in baseball, right? The teams that are tanking, that didn't care, are they going to put a lineup on the field that's going to actually make an effort? And will the teams that are under the gun, are they going to actually win? Should I put a parlay on the five teams you bid against? Uh, you could try it for the price. I'd be really curious. Five-teamer? Five like $100, it pays 113 Just $4 favorites all over the place? Try it. Right. I'd love to see what it looks like with a five-teamer. All right, let's do it. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. So Adam came in here all jubilant. He's like, did you hear what Gruden said? I'm like, not, not no, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Um, but we will start out with kind of a local bummer. This one sucks. Both uh, Ari and you had sent us over as a story for different reasons. But my God, the whole thing burned down. Mount Charleston Lodge sucks. I... I I, I just had a conversation with somebody that could be listening, which, which is great. Um, and she was like, God, I always wanted to go up there. I was like, oh, you had like 20 years. Oh, uh, yeah. What are, you, what are you doing? That sucks. Uh, yeah, it sucks, though, because it, it is a cool place. And, and Legendary I Legendary place, puts a lot of people out of work. Uh, yeah. Apparently, morning fire and the whole freaking thing burned down at, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning. And also, my, you know, myself – I, I kind of thought the same thing because when, you know, when I had this conversation and I was kind of making fun of, oh, you had all, all this time, you should have gone. I thought, you know what? Speak to yourself. I, I've been many times, but at the same time, 
it's such a cool place. Like you, you, you think like, ah, I could have gone, could have gone more, could have gone up there every once in a while. Like actually checked it out. It sucks. If, but yeah. it is a, uh, I didn't know that it was owned by the Ellis Island group. I know. And I know. Love they, those people. And they said today they're rebuilding and it's going to, they're going to make okay. it cooler. So, all right. Uh, hopefully. Well, it, if, if, uh, if it meets up to the standards of what they built out in front of Ellis Island, oh. Holy crap, they did a good job. I was there last night. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Is that the first time or you've been there multiple no, times? No, many times. Watched uh I watched the Euro final there. Yeah. I mean it's uh, great, great viewing spot. And uh right. I know about two months ago they were doing like a Hawaiian theme upstairs, like a tiki theme. Sure. We went down there, but when I first walked in, I was like, wait, this was this was the area out front where you walked in and there were like a couple of parking spots. I'm like, how do they what just happened? It's insane. Uh <laughs> the view the sports viewing there is incredible. Yeah. Uh I'll say this brunch awesome really uh drinks they have a dj spinning for brunch uh it's great and it it is funny like listen i love ellis island proper the old old ellis island uh but we were there with somebody it was actually their first time in vegas last night and we go we walk into ellis island and she was like where are you taking me like what what is this Eh. and then there was a big group of us and we're like don't worry don't Eh. worry and then we get to the 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 other part like this is the same property like yeah it is amazing uh uh, it is a good reminder to people of you know, folks from out of town come in and they're like, hey, what's a cool place to go? And maybe they're going to be blown away by the strip and the prices. Like, it's right near the strip. And, oh. you know, the prices are pretty good there. So, great. One of those uh, gems. I won't say hidden gems because my uh, the few times my parents have been here, they were always like, we have to go get the you know steak and eggs. <laughs> they don't speak like that. What are your parents on Reddit? They're finding, like, hot deals of Vegas? No, no. When, when they were here, the few times they've come out here, they I took them there, I think, both times at least, or three three times. Oh, they know from you. I oh, thought you were yeah, saying, no, like, no, they, no. they came here, like, we heard no. about the Ellis Island. No, they loved it. They loved it. They're, bar- they're bargain hunters. You know where I get it from, sure. right? Uh, what'd you do on the Giants game last night against the uh, football team? I didn't want the three and a half, so, man, I kept trying to bet it throughout, and uh, people just kept pounding football team when it would drop below three and i finally got in at two and a half i didn't bet it back when it was like plus two and a half so obviously i lost because it winds up being a 30 to 29 game i'd like to thank everybody for not pushing in at below three because i said if it got if it got back to three or lower i was going to bet washington uh i bet money line so i'm I'm happy that you guys pushed it nice job pushed it to three and a half and four uh well that was before the game i actually got the four and a half DraftKings had it at a four and a half like five minutes before the game so vegas had four and a half uh, I think the best, the best, uh, the highest number in Vegas was four. I was just making fun of the, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. We, yeah, as you know, in the past, like when books are not in Vegas, oh, Vegas yeah, yeah. and they're referred to as Vegas, uh, our, yeah. our good friends at PFF do it. I know it bothers John Von Tobel very much. Yes, uh, but, yeah. <laughs> well, it's hard. Now it's hard to track too. You know, what I mean? oh, there's yeah, so course. many books and, and, you know, and, and people outside the market wouldn't know that, you know, FanDuel and DraftKings aren't here. Right. But I also, and I, I think it's. It just has become Vegas has become synonymous with sports betting, right. and so anytime you say, "Here's what the betting number is," you just say Vegas. But why well, get mad now? The fact that we're getting outpaced by other states, but we're still referenced as the place—that's great for our image, of course, right? That it's always Vegas. That Vegas has this number because in the past we would we would laugh. You know, the last like five years we would laugh at crazy offshore props and numbers that weren't available here. And people would say Vegas thinks this or that. Like technically, Vegas doesn't think that because they're not booking it. I mean, schmovada.lv. Oh, that one forever, yeah. Dot LV. <laughs> Dot LV. Uh, so the Giants lose. They're 0-2. Uh, let's listen to the end of the game. I always love getting the radio calls on this. Uh, dramatic turnaround for the football team as they line up for the first attempt at the field goal. From 48 and for a win. 
Step, good, hold, good, kick up, flag down. Kick is no good, but there is a flag down. Hold on. Looks like Washington celebrating a little bit. They're saying offsides. I think it is offsides. Okay. Offsides. That's a disaster. And then you watch the replay of the offsides. You're like, dude, you're over the ball. I saw Miles Simmons tweet out, you're in the A-gap. Dexter Lawrence, you can, you're, you're, the, you're like one of three guys who can actually see the ball. Wasn't some guy on the edge jumping? I, I agree. I mean, listen, you know what happened. You want to make a play. It's, it's yeah. the biggest play of the game. You want to get in there. You want to block it. Uh, it's just so brutal the way it works out where he misses. And you're like, I didn't even have to do anything. He just missed. I could have just sat here and he would have missed. They line up five yards, uh, five yards closer. Here's the uh, call from Bram Weinstein, uh, D'Angelo Hall, and Julie Donaldson. Hopkins is set. Snaps good. Hold down. Kick. This one is up. And that one is good. Washington wins 30 to 29. There you go. I like that. Diversity in the booth. I won't bring up Larry Michael and some of the uh, stuff from the past. Kind of a sad ending sure. for him. Sure. One of the Snide Dogs buddies. One of the Snide Dogs frat pals. Good old Snide Dogs. Inside jokes about radio. Sure. Inside baseball. Over and over. All right, so they win it. Football team wins it. And, of course, the story immediately becomes the Giants, who are 0-2. They seem to start every year at 0-2. Uh, this guy, Joe Judge, is a really interesting character. Um, first of all, I, I do want to get your reaction. This, this is a Matt. I know, you know, it's, it was ugly. It's a massive win for football team because maybe the Eagles are not dead fish, dead birds at the bottom of the division. Maybe they're going to have some life. We'll see what happens with the Cowboys with all these injuries. This division, it appears, is going to be decided by someone in the 9-8, and 8-9 eight, eight and range again. I don't think – like, did you watch this game and go, ooh, you know, there's going to be some good teams in this division because I watch it and I'm like, I am playing against this division whenever I can, which includes this weekend, depending on the number with the Chargers and the Cowboys. Sure. I mean, you. I think you watch it thinking – the way I watched it was, all right, Heineke's fine. Yeah. Like, people are getting carried away. They are getting carried away, but, but, but it's not going to be a big drop-off. Right. When he made a mistake late. Yeah. Bad, almost bad killed one. him. Uh, but, but he certainly – if, you know, if Fitzy is at whatever level, you know, Fitzy's the – 18th best quarterback in the NFL. It's not like Heineke is 35th. He's, right. he's in the same ring. He's he's fine. And and the but the bigger thing you take away from it is the Giants stink. And and we thought that. I, I'm you know what even though more the, sure of it. The thing is, their O line, which I mean it wasn't good coming in. What a freaking bummer for one of our local guys. Nick Gates had his leg snapped. Like well like guy, captain, moving over to the guard position from center. That's going to be a problem all year. Barkley showed a little more. They certainly have receivers who are good and believe they're good. Yeah. I, I thought sure. Daniel Jones showed some signs by not turning the ball over. Come on, dude. The the, the run that got called back, 50-plus yard run that got called back, he rushes for 95 yards. Like, again, there's something there, but there's little things that screw them up. Uh, lack of discipline. Jones' ball placement on certain throws. Obviously, the Slayton drop. Hurts them. Lawrence jumping across the line. And then there's Joe Judge. And I'm just going to point this out. I know I know. I talk a lot about uh, New Jersey and New York teams and the media and what it's like to play and coach there. Boy, oh boy, after a, a, a gut-wrenching loss, 
man, the media comes in and they're like, they do not pull any punches. This is Jordan Radden, who we've had on before, ESPN.com uh, reporter, talking to Joe Judge. Joe Judge was like seven questions in and Jordan Radden's like, you do get what just happened. Like, I'm, I we keep hearing excuses. Like, you just blew a game first and foremost because a guy jumped across the freaking line on a missed field goal. The game was over. You would have won the game if you didn't go upside. He's going to, you know, have a lot of people asking him about what happened on that play and everything. You, you do grasp that, right? I mean, that part of it. That Jordan, I got you. You'd be under look. heavy pressure because he made a mistake that ultimately decided the game at the end. And I'd say in terms of that pressure, guys, we all get paid pretty well. Pressure's part of the job, right? I mean, my son's playing high school football right now. He didn't quite have that pressure because he's out there playing for fun. Every coach and every player, we're paid very well at this level. It's the ultimate level of competition. It's the ultimate team sport. There's pressure for all of us. We can handle that. We prepare to handle that. We talk a lot throughout our team building, our leadership building, that when things like this happen, we respond the right way as a team. Okay, that all sounds good, right? That's coach speak. I don't know why he's bringing his son in playing for fun. And you, like you, you got the tone there, right? Like if you did that to Gruden right after a game, like you get what just happened, John, because that's what that, that's what Jordan Rannon said to Joe Judge. Like you grasp what just happened, and he's like, I get it, okay, I get it. I that like that that only happens in like four or five markets. That's certainly I don't know, man. I don't think Gruden would react to that really well. But at the end, he's like, we'll handle it. Like, have you handled it? Because since we've seen the video of Kenny Galladay yelling at Daniel Jones on the sideline kind of blow up, which those things happen. But Kadarius Tony, did you vet this guy? And maybe it's just a blip. He's your first-round pick. It's the second freaking game. He wasn't really available in the preseason. They do actually have a bunch of weapons. They have good receivers. They paid Galladay a lot of money. Slayton, Shepard, Barkley. Eventually, Ingram is going to come back. Like, bro, you weren't going to be 10-catch or 10-target-a-game guy right out of the gates. And he goes right to social media and complains. Twice. Like, like I, mean, I thought you had this all. I, we know how to handle it. Do you? Could have heard Tony threw up an Instagram story complaining, deleted it, and then tweeted like how everybody's overreacting. Yeah. Like, You're the one that did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did it. not what I meant. Well, then – Write clearly what you mean. Don't post it. Uh, it, It's it's not a good situation. It is not going in the right direction. And it's a terrible division. And they are already behind the eight ball in it. They're not good. I still think they have a shot to compete. But I'm very worried. You know, you in the end, the linchpin with these teams that are somewhere between six wins and nine wins can be the coach. And we've said that about Fangio. Uh, If the Raiders are to actually make it to nine or ten wins this year, You know, John Gruden's going to have to do some things a little bit differently. We got some good signs in game number one. Joe Judge is very much – I'm not comparing Gruden to Joe Judge. Joe Judge, the – can I do it? The jury is still out very much on this judge. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. He was frustrated with the situation. I don't really think it was to me uh, or anyone in particular. So I think, you know, we're, we're all good. And love Kenny. I thought he, he played hard and, and uh, you know, did a lot of good things out there. He was just frustrated. You know, we'll be better from it. You know, he plays hard, wants to win, and, and wants to do the best for the team. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Good answer there from the Giants quarterback, Daniel Jones. They wound up losing last night on Thursday Night Football. Um, I mean, I would say the game was a clunker, but it was a, actually a decent back-and-forth game, and uh, Jones showed some signs, and then uh, 
you know, the Giants, they've, this is what they've paid for and drafted in the receiver room. You want to get talented receivers, they're all going to want the ball. And Galladay was very frustrated, so he was going off on Jones. But that, that kind of stuff happens all the time in the NFL. The Kadarius Tony nonsense on social media, I would want to stamp that out pretty quickly. Uh, if I were Joe Judge, I would also look upstairs and ask Dave Gettleman, did you talk to anyone in Florida about the kid's character and personality? Because I don't like this. This is, this is nonsense. Uh, all right, so we were just talking during a break. People are blowing both of us up about UNLV quarterback status, right? Doug Brumfield. I told you yesterday, I don't know. We played some bites from Marcus Arroyo on the coaches show on Wednesday. He said if he's not 100%, it, it, it's probably not the best to put him out there. If he's 100% on Saturday, I would be surprised. So I'll leave that at that. But things can change. Like like the last time we talked about it was Wednesday. They have Thursday, Friday at UNLV to get ready for the Iowa State game, you know, Thursday and today. You can make vast improvements. Just like middle of the week, you may have thought Josh Jacobs, okay, he'll probably gut it out and go out there. It changed today. He's not playing. Yeah, he's out. And he, you know, it, it's a weird situation because he said last week when he missed two practices and then came back for Friday's practice, he said, don't read into it when I'm missing practices. I'm not going to practice a whole lot this year. Uh, we're trying to save wear and tear on the body. We're trying to be smart about it. I take a lot of hits, run very physical, so I'm going to miss practices. So he missed Wednesday and Thursday this week, and everybody's like, who cares? He said he's missing practice. Right. And then when I walked out on the field today, and I was like, anybody see 28? Where is it? I was hesitant to post it because uh, last week, same thing happened on Friday. Everybody runs to Twitter and says, Josh Jacobs isn't here. And then Josh Jacobs is the last guy on the field. You're like, oh, he is here. Okay, he just wasn't out here yet. Uh, so today I kind of waited a little bit and then said, okay, he's not out on the practice field. Not a good sign. And then I asked John Gruden at the availability after practice, what's Jacob's status? And he said, out. And then we got the injury report a short time later that he was officially out. So no Josh Jacobs this week for the Raiders. And yeah, it was a development throughout the week. Kenyon Drake, Peyton Barber, and? Trey Regis. I mean, Trey Regis was called up from the practice squad last week. Didn't play a snap. Peyton Barber didn't play a snap either. Uh, but I expect him to play quite a bit because, you know, when John Gruden was asked about Kenyon Drake, he instead answered Peyton Barber is very, is a very exciting player. So I, I think they don't want to take Kenyon Drake out of what their role is for him, what they envisioned his role being, the Joker. Which, is, which is playing alongside Jacobs, uh, also playing someone's known, obviously being a receiving back, a third down back, a weapon in the red zone, all the things they wanted him to do. They want to continue doing that. So I think they want Peyton Barber to kind of take on that first and second down, early down work. But I do expect Drake to, to have a, a definitely an expanded role this week. This has been such a weird week. The Raiders get this great victory, you know, drama-filled closing against the Ravens, one of the powers of the AFC. And then I feel like all the jubilation or a lot of it, they want to know that doesn't go away. But, you know, all the energy gets, or a lot of it gets sapped out of the freaking squad with Gerald McCoy going down for the year, Denzel Good going down for the year. Now, Josh Jacobs hurt, incognito, up in the air. I can't imagine it's the same feeling in Pittsburgh. Right? They have to be thrilled. They, I mean, they've had a they've had a great week, I think. Am I missing any gigantic injuries no. that they suffered? No, had a very good week. Got a win that they weren't expected to get as an underdog against you know a team that potentially they could be battling for some kind of seeding and maybe playoff potential position with and, you know, got a leg up on, you know, one of the contenders in the AFC and, and showed that they're not going anywhere. Well, let's dive deep into the Steelers. We're going to talk to Brooke Pryor from ESPN.com. And we'll also get into the subject is 
Big Ben washed because uh, some guy at the Gruden press conference today was talking about a lot of people writing off Big Ben. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. great talent he's unbelievable extending plays in the pocket you know you can extend plays out of the pocket you can also do it inside the pocket you know he's un- unbelievable at that he's crazy accurate he's not afraid to take chances uh, you've seen that throughout his whole career and you know he's gotten a couple rings out of it you know he's he's one of the best quarterbacks um, in our game still now back to Coalfield and company in the Finley Toyota studio Raiders quarterback Derek Carr on Big Ben uh, one more important update, Adam. Richie Incognito also on that list with Josh Jacobs. Out. Out. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, Brooke Pryor covers the Steelers. We'll get the vibe in Pittsburgh after they had a big win in the opening week. It's been weird this whole week with the Raiders because of the injuries and season-ending injuries. Uh, Brooke is up with us here on Cofield and Company. How are you? Not bad. Not dealing with as many injuries uh, as the Raiders are right now. So, things in Pittsburgh are a little less hectic than that, I think. Yeah, it's been really weird here. You get this big Monday night victory, and then all of a sudden, two guys went down for the season, and uh, guys who have been hurt are out. Um, what is the vibe in Pittsburgh? Were they dealing with any sort of injuries? They come out of that Buffalo game pretty much uh, untouched. You know, they came out pretty healthy. There was the the weird shin injury to Robert Spillane, inside linebacker, that happened during pregame of the Buffalo game, so he wasn't available. Um, but the actually the three injuries that the Steelers are dealing with um, that could be significant going into Sunday's game just popped up on the injury report today. Both Joe Hayden and Devin Bush have groin injuries, and they're questionable. And then tight end Zach Gentry has an ankle injury and is questionable. And they were completely fine all week, and then today kind of popped up. So I, I get the sense they were limited participants. They weren't out. Uh, and then defensive lineman Carlos Davis, a depth guy has been ruled out. I don't think that he's a significant loss, but man, that Devin Bush injury is poor timing for the Steelers uh, as they try to, you know, minimize as much as you can minimize Darren Waller. Well, I want to talk about Waller in a second. Let's talk about the defensive lines job though for the Steelers, because uh, I'm not saying it's been made easier, but frankly, the, you know, the Raiders are going out there with two backup guards and uh, Alex Leatherwood, and he might get a lot better. I hope he does. if He's a first round pick, but uh, he was, he was not great at right tackle in that first game. No, and you know what's funny is today uh, Najee Harris, who played with Leatherwood at Alabama, was asked, like, well, do you give T.J. Watts any, TJ Watt any tips on how to stop Leatherwood, how to slow him down? And Najee kind of looked and said, good luck, I guess. Which is, you know, I, I think it's nice that he's gassing up his, his former teammate, but at the same time, I don't think T.J. Watt necessarily needs the luck aspect of that going against a rookie who's still trying to find his footing in the NFL. T.J. Watt, obviously, just becoming the NFL's highest-paid defensive player last week, has a great game in Buffalo. Um, but I, I do think that this line will be an interesting challenge just because of the the unpredictability, I guess, of, of playing against rookies. But the Steelers got a lot of pressure on Josh Allen last week without blitzing, um, which I thought, you know, their nickname for forever has been Blitzburg, but – they didn't need to do that, and they could get get pressure on them with just a four-man rush. Um, so that is definitely something to watch as they try to rotate their guys, keep them fresh, use that three outside linebacker rotation of Watt, uh, Melvin Ingram, and Alex Highsmith. 
Brooke, I, I saw that clip of Najee Harris talking about Alex Leatherwood. I watched it three times. Is it possibly heard the question wrong? Like, it's good luck to Leatherwood, I would think. It had to be. It had to be. Maybe. I, you know, that's a good point. It's, the whole thing was really interesting. Najee is one of the funniest guys that we talk to, but it's also we are early in talking to him, so trying to figure out his personality and, and how he kind of handles talking with the media. Um, it is definitely something that we're working with on a week-by-week week basis, and we only talk to him once a week. But, I, yeah, I, it makes more sense to be saying good luck to Leatherwood instead of good luck to TJ. But it, it, was, it was a really funny moment. But, you know, we had five minutes with him and didn't get a chance to really follow up and clarify what he was trying to get at. I, I also like the uh, video you posted of Najee Harris talking about his familiarity, you know, growing up in Northern California with the Oakland Raiders and their fans. Yeah, he, uh, that was the last question that he was asked. And he was kind of the, the question, something along the lines of, well, what memories or, or what impression do you have of the Raiders just from growing up in Oakland? He was like, sheesh, those games were rough. And not necessarily the games themselves, but just outside the stadium. Um, but he said, you know, it, it's a team that he got to go to a lot of the games. Maybe not a lot, but he got to go to a couple games growing up. He was from the Bay Area, so you have to imagine that he was pretty familiar with the Oakland organization. Um, but he said that he has a lot of family coming into town from California because, yes, the Raiders may be the Las Vegas Raiders now, but to his family and to obviously a lot of other people, they're still the Oakland, California Raiders. So he's got he's going to be hosting quite a few people out here this weekend. Brooke, you referenced the defensive effort uh, against Josh Allen and the way that they played him. I think maybe other teams might look at it as a blueprint, although they don't have the same personnel that the Steelers do, so it might be a little bit difficult. But uh, offensively, what was the move? What was the feeling coming out of that game? It was very disjointed. First half was kind of ugly. Uh, they, they settled in a little bit in the second half, got better. Were they happy with their performance? I mean, they got the win, or do they feel like there's still a long way to go? You know, I think that there is definitely still a long way to go, and disjointed is a great word for how that offense looked because, yeah, the first half, I mean, I understand that they're working with a new offensive coordinator in Matt Canada. Ben Roethlisberger is kind of breaking in some new ground here with Canada up in the booth. He's used to being able to come off the field and immediately talk to his coordinator right there. and He has to get on the headset, and there's just some mechanics there that are different. Um, But I feel like as a whole, they were just jittery. Things were off. Roethlisberger was not super accurate. Um, Najee Harris, I think, had maybe not a definitive welcome to the NFL moment, but I think he realized the speed of the game is different in the NFL. You can't get out in space as much as he could at Alabama running behind that line. Um, A couple times it felt like he was running to contact in a way that at Alabama he could run through it and just couldn't do that against the Bills front. Um, and so I think that there was just a lot of growing pains. And that's what Roethlisberger said they anticipated the week before. Um, I think that they came out, yes, the offensive line had a lot of work to do. But I think as a whole, the team came out optimistic that the skill level isn't there yet. The cohesion isn't there yet, but they had all the intangibles. I mean, Mike Tomlin said, hey, I thought that we were going to be in first and 15 situations sometimes with how loud the Bills stadium was that we'd have some false starts something like that, and that didn't happen. So they were showing the, the, the toughness, the grittiness, all of the, the 
extra things you want to see in the line. They just don't necessarily have this skill down yet, but they hope that that will come. It's just going to be a work in progress. Raiders in Pittsburgh taking on the Steelers. Brooke Pryor covers the Pittsburgh scene. So I got to play a clip for you here. Uh, my buddy Adam Hill is a Raiders beat writer. So Adam was in front of John Gruden today and threw this question at Gruden was asking him about, uh, you know, a lot of people have written off Big Ben, but he continues to excel and win games. Listen to this. Who wrote him off? I mean, write those names down. I'd like to know who wrote him off. I mean, really? Who wrote him off? Who, why would you write him off? <laughs> <laughs> Seemed like kind of a benign question, but uh, apparently Gruden's not buying that, uh, that Big Ben's been written, written off by some people, Brooke. Uh, you know, I, I think that there have been times recently where maybe he hasn't been completely written off, but I think that there's definitely um, been a narrative out there since the elbow surgery that he's not the same Big Ben he used to be. Um, the hope this year, though, is that he gets back to looking more like even the Ben from 2018. He doesn't have to throw all those yards, but now two years removed from that elbow surgery that maybe he'll look a little bit better, but we didn't necessarily see that last week. There weren't a bunch of deep throws to say, oh, yeah, the elbow is totally fine now. Um, but I, I think that he's just having to learn what life is like as a 39-year-old quarterback with a line that is not all the way there yet. So I, I don't think that anyone's completely written him off by any means. Um, I certainly don't want to land on a list that's in front of Gruden like that. Um, but it is – I think that just watching his development and evolution over the course of this season, trying to stay healthy um, is going to be interesting. And I mean, I think early in the season right now, there aren't the health concerns that we might see pop up around, you know, week 10, 11, 12. I cannot confirm or deny whether I sent Gruden a list of people that have written off Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> after that and uh, waiting for his response still. Uh, didn't the Steelers kind of start to write? I mean, I sent him a clip of Tomlin, after last season, not committing to Ben Roethlisberger coming back. You know, I think that part of it was this feeling of, of trying to figure out if, if Roethlisberger had what they wanted him to have left in the tank to come back. But a big part of it was that salary that, hey, he's still a capable quarterback, but he is, is he a capable quarterback that's worth that amount of, of cap space? Um, that, to me, was the bigger question, but the fact that they were able to rework it and bring him back on a cheaper deal. He's worth the money that he's being paid now. I think, I, I don't think that they're better off if they're playing Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins instead of Ben Roethlisberger. Um, but yeah, there, there was some question as to whether or not it was the best move for the organization to keep him around, knowing that they might have to lose some pieces um, because of cap space, but being able to restructure his deal bring back Juju, now find TJ to this extension. Um, I think that they feel like they were able to find kind of the best of both worlds scenario. I mean, you heard him last week say, hey, I took this pay cut to pay TJ Watt, which is eh, kind of the case, but also mm -hmm. I think that he had to take it so the Steelers yeah. could keep him around. Uh, Brooke, let's close on this. Brooke Pryor's with us. ESPN.com covers the Steelers. Uh you know, we love betting. I know Pennsylvania's getting very much into betting, but the, the Steelers are now up to six and a half. Is Pittsburgh going to crush the Raiders? These games, 
you know, maybe on paper you see two teams coming off of emotional wins. You look at the fact that the Raiders are coming off of a Monday night game with all of these injuries flying cross-country. Um, I'm still not willing to say the Steelers are going to crush the Raiders. I think I picked the Steelers to win, but my margin of victory was not six and a half. I think it oh, – I can't remember what my final score was. Um I don't. I don't think this is going to be a crush situation because, as as I have quickly been schooled in the history of Raiders and Steelers, mm-hmm. weird things happen in these games. Obviously, uh, the word debacle has been thrown around a lot uh, here recently this week. Um, I don't think that it's going to be a debacle by any means, but I don't think that it's going to be a cakewalk for the Steelers either. Brooke, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Enjoy the game. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. There she is, Brooke Pryor, ESPN.com. Uh, Derek Carr playing into the rivalry. Did he just randomly throw out there that that ball hit the ground? Yeah, during the question. Was that? He pulled the Carl Nassib, by the way, which I, I now refer to. Was there any reference made at all to the Immaculate Reception? No. Uh, really? Just out of nowhere? He just, you know? Yeah. Did it, he bring he, up Frenchie Fuqua's name? No, but he, oh, okay. he did. I, I do call it call, pulling a Carl Nassib now when in the middle of questions, yeah. you just mumble stuff. Which is what Carl Nassib did for almost every question really? last week. It was, I was so happy. It was unbelievable. He loved it, including uh, somebody. He was asked about the defense last year, and as they're like, you know, the defense last year really struggled, and, and he's like, well, I was on that defense. <laughs> and then there was the, uh, what did you think of uh, Yannick Ngakwe? Well, it's Yannick, what's his name? Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, the he, correction. He was doing it. He was doing it almost every question. Nice of Very dropping nice. things in there. Uh, which was it was phenomenal. I loved it. But Carr did that. So in the middle of a question about the rivalry and the history uh, between the Raiders and the Steelers, as the question is being asked, he's just like the ball hit the ground. And then Not he fine. followed up on it afterwards. Yeah. You know, he, he he went into that. But yeah, he was he was getting into it. I know that you know today uh, Gruden really wasn't having it. I'll say it wasn't. Obviously, it was my question that set him off today. But he was not in a good mood. Uh, and I I think a lot of it has to do with like listen, you walk off the practice field and you submit your practice, your injury report, and there's 18 names on yeah. it. Probably not in a very good mood as you get ready to board the plane to go play Pittsburgh. Well, let's talk injuries, and let's talk about the impact of Josh Jacobs on the fantasy side of things as we uh, do our Trust Us conversation with our buddy Dustin DeHart. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's time to Trust Us, presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call him today at 577-2600. It is Trust Us time. Dustin DeHart is up with Cofield and company. Before we get into all the fantasy football that we like to discuss each and every week, I do have to ask you about your Raiders experience last week, or actually earlier this week, on Monday Night Football. It was quite a show, wasn't it? Yeah, man, look at... I've been to a lot of sporting events, Steve, and no homerism here or, you know, anything like that. Like, that was the best sporting event I've ever been to, you know, from from soup to nuts, dude. Like, just the fact that I'm born and raised here, just driving there thinking, man, I'm going to see the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday Night Football. I mean, that was giving me goosebumps. You know, my my office is on uh, West Sunset and 215. I, I left there and I was in my seat drinking hand in about 45 minutes. Not too bad. Right. Right. You know, it, parking spot that helped. Uh, you know, we did find our we have a little special entrance, figured that part out that helped. 
you know, we're in a, uh, like a club and it was awesome. Some nice bars in there. Pizza rock was in there. You know, like there was literally maybe one person in line to get a drink. So that was cool. Then they have like on your phone, some in, in seat dining, stuff like that. But just the overall everything, you know, the stadium's beautiful, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like the, the the big flag on the stadium and then on the on the on the grass and then, you know, the, the fighter pilot planes flew by, you know, and you could hear them over the roof. And then halftime show was cool. And Bruce Buffer, you know, he announced it. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, what was awesome, though, Steve, you know, look, you, you know this, right? You go to a lot of football games and look, there's some. <laughs> shady people i guess for lack of better words that are that can be involved you know like don't look at the guy the wrong way you know if you have the wrong jersey on you never know what's going to happen there's fights and people just obliterated and none of that was there like literally there was two people right in front of us nice couple had baltimore ravens jerseys on us started talking to us right away they literally paid 28 bucks 100 bucks a pop for their seats uh, i know yeah <laughs> i told them prices have gone way down uh but, you know, they're on a 20-year anniversary. Like, man, they were buying us drinks. They were high-fiving us. I mean, just the crowd was awesome. It was just – and then it, it did help. It was one of the most epic football games ever, too, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was it was fantastic, you know. And then uh, I did tell you, I will mention this, I left when uh, I thought Brian Edwards uh, scored that touchdown in, uh, in overtime. Right, right, and, right, right. And like, like, you know, what's funny, Steve, I'm like, so we're in the, we're in the park and I'm trying to beat some traffic, you know, and I'm like, okay, we're doing a good job here. And then all of a sudden I see some Baltimore Ravens fans going nuts and they're like, oh, it's an interception. And I'm like, do I not know the overtime rules? Like what's going on? I'm like, dude, I was losing my mind. I'm then, and I'm listening to the game on the radio. And then I didn't really figure it all out until the next day when I watched Sports Center, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, it wasn't a touchdown. That's why I literally I thought I was losing my mind. I'm like, I don't know the overtime rules anymore. So that sucked. But yeah, I mean, it was just a great experience. It really was awesome. You know, the funny thing is, uh, it's my second Monday Night Football game, man. And uh, the other, the first one was, I think, it was about 15 years ago. It was the Cardinals Bears. Uh, it was the first year the Cardinals were in that stadium. Went with a few friends of mine. Uh, one of them was a Bears fan, and by halftime, he was probably the drunkest guy in the whole stadium, <laughs> and they were losing by, like, you remember that game? It was Dennis Green, and you want to crown him, crown him game, and you know, they were down by, like, 20 points, and he was crying. He's like, let's get me out of here, and you know what? It was all the way in Glendale. We are staying in Phoenix, so me and my other buddy were like, let's just get out of here. You know, it's a 45-minute drive, oh, and then... Dude, we're listening to like the best comeback ever on the radio. We both were ready to like kick him out of the car. Like so, so those are my two Monday night games. Both epic games, and I left early for both of them. So yeah, I was gonna say conclusions from conclusions from Dustin DeHart. No yeah. home loans. Don't leave games early. And the other one is I remember talking to you all during this offseason. You know, you have season yeah. tickets, and you're like, yeah, I'll probably go to most of the games. It sounds like you are going to every single freaking oh. Raider game at that stadium that you get a chance to go to. Dude, without a doubt, and I, I mean, my wife loves it more than me. I mean, it's crazy. I cannot wait for the Sunday game versus Miami already. I, it's You know what's funny? I was actually looking at plane tickets for Pittsburgh. I want to go see them there. I'm not no. going, but, dude, I am hooked. I, I had such a blast. It was, it's such, it was the best investment I've ever made. I'm so happy I got those tickets. And, yeah, I won't be selling any of them, that's for sure. All right, so – 
as this show tends to do, let's bring you back to earth and talk fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God. You uh, that, I, you that so good. Yeah. Can we just talk about the Raiders? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, you and I sharing in the misery of, and listen, I feel terrible for the guy, so it's not all about fantasy football. This is real life, but I, uh, we, you and I sharing in the misery of the risk when you take a guy like Raheem Mostert, uh, mm-hmm. and he's down for the year now, and now we've got another one of those situations. Uh, this has been, you know, the history of the Niners, and we saw mm-hmm. it last year. Who the hell is the running back week to week with the Niners? Yeah, you know, it, it seems like that happens with Kyle Shanahan all the time. But going back to most, it's you know, he's look, you can't predict injuries, but. Boy, he just he just can't. He, you know, there's NFL DNA, and I don't know if he has it. You know, it's just too bad for him. And then, yeah, it's it's bad because he, you know, he was my only real second best. Only I don't have any running back depth in our league, and uh, him going down really uh, really hurts my team. But look, I mean, everybody thought it was going to be Trey Sermon, right? I drafted him in another league, but the dude. I mean, do we even know what happened? He was just in the doghouse and didn't suit up. Is I mean, is there any leaks out what happened? Sounds like it. I mean, I think he's going to be back in the mix, but like I said, it's yeah. week to week where who's going to get the lion's share. If anyone does, it's, you know, uh, Trey Sermon and uh, Jamichael Hasty and now Elijah Mitchell, this sixth rounder, he looked great. Yeah. So I think he's obviously shot to the top of the list. I mean, we'll see what Trey Sermon does. Hasty's kind of a smaller back from what I can tell. I think he's more of a change of pace back. So I'm not, I don't think he's going to have any, you know, there's going to be any fears of him taking over, but you never know with this, this backfield, but you know, let's see what Trey Sermon does. If he has a great game, then all of a sudden he's probably back in the in the in the saddle. Right. You know what I mean? So who knows? That's going to be interesting to see what happens for sure. One one weekend, fortunes have changed already for some running backs. So we found out earlier today that Josh Jacobs is out for the oh, game. Oh, he is. Yeah, he's going to be out. And I I just I I have the feeling, and this is I really believe uh, this is why they signed Kenyon Drake. Um, yeah. I think Josh Jacobs is going to be in and out of the lineup uh, most of the year. So Drake's mm-hmm. valuable, and I would also take a look at. Peyton Barber now a guy who's healthy but I'm not sure we're getting this year and I don't want to freak out after one game but it didn't get a lot of action in game one and now Lyle Collins is down for Mm -hmm. five weeks because of a suspension so all of a sudden you're talking about a top five guy in Zeke Mm -hmm. Elliott and uh, things may have changed after one week yeah well what look you you know if you drafted him number five or whatever you did in the first round you ain't feeling good right now that's for sure you know especially after last year I mean again yeah it's one week we'll see what happens but that's a pass happy offense, um, you know, and he looked like he was blocking very well. So who knows? I, you know, yeah, but look, we could see him go off this week, but yeah, that's not what you wanted to see out of Zeke for sure. No. Drafted him so high. I, I uh, two it. other dudes going into this week where we're like, okay, uh, one is the coach going to use him. That's right. James Robinson. Cause he didn't get a lot of action with urban Meyer. Yeah. And then the other one is you fumble for Bill Belichick and he's got yeah. a stable of running backs. Damian Harris may be in some yeah. jeopardy for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so James Robin, I don't get this. I, I mean, Urban Meyer is, is I don't can he coach in the NFL? Like, dude, I get it. You love Carlos Hyde. He played in Ohio State. Like, he got nine. Like, Urban Meyer, James Robinson's good. Like, you have a rookie quarterback. Why are you not feeding this guy the ball? I get it. They were down. They had a pass, but boy, that's got to change. Yeah, that was a head scratcher. And yeah, you can't. Yeah, you you want to you want to you want to play in the on a on a team and and fumble, not fumble. Play not play on a team and fumble. It's the Patriots. That's for sure. That was a bad fumble. Uh, so we'll see what Belichick does. And you know, I think who is it? James White is he uh, the second back on the Patriots still? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I, I could see him getting a lot of action too. But 
Yeah, it's the interesting thing times with uh, James Robinson. I, I, I that one was a head scratcher for me. That's for sure. Uh, receiver rankings. I was looking at a list of from CBSSports.com, and I wonder if Amari Cooper and CD Lamb really are top fifteen guys in the league this week. How do you think the that Cowboys line is going to do against mm -hmm. this Chargers defense? Yeah. Uh, well, you got one of the best NFL rushers going against you right now. Uh, yeah, well, what I thought was surprising was Amari Cooper. I wasn't really high on him this year, and uh, he looked awesome. You know, yep. so, so does C.D. Lamb, let's face it. I mean, you know, Zeke might throw for 5,000 yards, 6,000 yards the way he's going, and he looked great too. So if you drafted Zeke, you got to be feeling, feeling really good right now. But, yeah, I mean, those, that's, that's a pass-happy offense. You know, let's see how the line holds up. Uh, and that's obviously not good for for uh, or excuse me with Dak, but it was not good for Zeke either. So right. yeah, who knows? I, let's yeah, that's going to be a tough, tough, tall, tall order with that line. That's for sure. Uh, tell, uh, correct me on this one. Do you have Jalen Hurts in one of your leagues? Yeah, in, in our league. I do. How do you feel? How do you feel? Thank you. I feel great. Yeah, I picked him up very cheap. <laughs> I was like, might have been my best pick. <laughs> he looked great. I I don't really understand the whole concerns with the Eagles on him. Like, I don't. I don't. I mean, he does that again and next week and the next week. I really don't think you have a quarterback controversy over there. But boy, he can run. He could pass. He looked awesome to me. I mean, you yeah. know, he's. He looks like a top ten quarterback that you got in the way late rounds or or you know a very low auction pick. That's for sure. Well, I mean, if he's a dual threat who can get you 50 yards on the ground and, you know, possibly uh, seven or eight rushing touchdowns, that's gigantic. Which brings us back to, let's wrap on uh, last night. Uh, Dustin mm -hmm. Hart with us. 577-2600 uh, is a number to call over to Nova Homeowns to get that mortgage tuned up. Uh, last night was very interesting because, in like, in if you're real football world, you're watching Daniel Jones and you're like, okay, mm -hmm. solid game. From a fantasy sure. standpoint, if he can do that and not fumble and not turn the ball over, then he's a top 10 guy. And he had 95 yards rushing, but – I also wonder with the with the Giants, Dustin, if they're going to keep this together because already they're getting a little bit frayed. They got a lot of diva receivers. It's kind of a weird situation for Daniel Jones. Yeah, well, I'm a Barkley owner in both my leagues. Uh, right. He's got he's got the training wheels on him. That's for sure. He, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. He looks pretty good, right? I think yeah. you know you drafted him. You 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 had to go into this thinking week one, week two. You know, you ain't gonna. He's not gonna be the normal Saquon Barkley. Might even take three week three or week four. But boy, if you got him on the cheap and he turns out to be the Saquon of old, he he could be a week win league winner. Excuse me. But yeah, it's uh that was interesting to see that uh good old Daniel Jones was the, the number one running back last last night. That was not good. But yeah, I mean, boy, he looked awesome to me. I mean, I you know. Sterling Shepard, if uh, he's on your waiver wire, you might want to pick him up because it looks like those two have a good connection. Uh, and on the other side, it looks like if you're in a quarterback or a league that needs uh, quarterbacks or you have some depth issues, Taylor Heineke might be a guy yeah. worth taking a look yeah. at. He had a big night. And uh, also J.D. McKissick, so he's a reliable guy. He's not going to carry the ball a whole lot, but he's such a great receiver yeah. out of the backfield. Yeah. And uh, without Curtis Samuel right now, he's going to get a lot of the targets as a running back. Yeah, boy, and if uh, Gibson goes down, who who hasn't looked great? He was a guy I was really targeting, but uh, boy, if he goes down, JD McKissick could be really valuable. That's Absolutely. Sure. All right, what's yeah. the latest update on what's going on with the rates and the housing market? Yeah, look, rates are hanging in there, man. It's just there's record lows still. So again, I hate to beat a bit dead horse, but you haven't got that mortgage tuned up in a while. Let's get it done. And yeah, property values. Hey, look, they actually didn't go up for once last month. They they held tight. 
And what's funny is like the review journal is like, oh, we're cooling off. The market's cooling off just because we didn't break a record one month. Uh, the supply is actually going back down a little bit. No, oh, no. Demand's still through the roof, Steve. So I, in my opinion, we're probably going back another 10, going up another 10,000 this month. And, you know, so still great time to purchase a house because this market's not cooling off at all. We're going to see this for a while. So get out there and get it done. Call us 577-2600. Dustin, thank you. Great spot. All right, guys. See you. There he is, Dustin DeHart, Nova Home Loans. You heard the phone number 577-2600. Get that mortgage tuned up. I mean, if you're uh, with a uh, high rate, I mean, that's silly. If you got mortgage insurance, silly as well. It takes like 20 minutes for him to run the numbers. You can get the mortgage tuned up, get you a lower number, and maybe even take money out of the house. Most people have owned a house for a while now, have some equity in that house that they can use to pay down bills or maybe do some uh, fixer-upper work around your house. 577-2600. On the way, we're going to talk to the former Oakland Raider, our buddy Stanford Route, he's going to help us break down what happened in the Thursday night football game and also what's going on with the Giants with Kenny Galladay yelling at Daniel Jones on the sideline and then their rookie receiver, Kadarius Tony going up to social media today and griping, come on. Trust Us is presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call today at 577-2600 to learn how to purchase a home with $20,000 in down payment assistance. Dial up Dustin now, 577-2600.